companies to watch. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Barty Jackdish, and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for companies to watch. We're putting uh, UOB in the spotlight. After 16 long years, they're making their first hefty MA. Yep, the Southeast Asian. And the third largest bank in the region has agreed to pay about $5 billion, $4.9 billion Singapore dollars specifically, to buy consumer assets of Citigroup in Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand and Vietnam. So the proposed acquisition includes Citigroup's unsecured and secured lending portfolios, wealth management and retail deposit businesses in four countries. And it's also estimated that UOB could almost double its retail consumers to about 5.3 million from this deal. So this would make it among the top three card issuers in Thailand and Malaysia and among the top five in Indonesia. Quite the scale up we're seeing. Why and what kind of long-term potential do they see in Southeast Asia? Let's find out more from Andrea Chung, who's Equity Research Analyst at CGSCIMB. Andrea, good morning. How are you? Hi, good morning. I'm good. Thank you. Hey, thanks for helping us out with this. Uh, So I suppose let's start off by talking about the significance of this deal. What are you hearing as far as investor reaction? Mm. As you mentioned, this is UOB's first major acquisition in 16 years. So this really allows it to almost double its retail customers in this market, gain market share to be a top 10 um, retail bank there. And just looking at how share prices have reacted, I'd say that investors are liking this deal and are taking this quite well. Well, According to Wee Cheong, the Deputy Chairman and CEO of UOB, the company believes in Southeast Asia's long-term potential. It's been disciplined, selective and patient in seeking the right opportunities to grow. So it sounds like this was a very strategically sound decision on their part. They thought about it carefully before doing it. Why would UOB believe that the acquisition was the opportunity that came at the right time? Why is this the right time? Why is this the opportunity? I think it comes down really to the operating conditions that we're in. With the worst of the asset quality pressures relating to, from COVID, relating to COVID-19, those being tackled with it in the past year. And this is really a time where the ASEAN economies are set to gradually reopen and recover. So with UOB's geographical exposures in exactly these markets, it will allow them to capitalize on this intra-Asia flow. Let's talk about Citigroup. They've got 2.4 million retail customers in the four markets as at June last year. The consumer business has generated income of about 500 million for the first half of last year as well. So it's got a pretty decent large, in fact, large presence in Southeast Asia. What's the rationale behind UOB's plan to double their retail franchise? And of course, uh, it also increases their presence through this acquisition. In the presence part of it, I think mm. it really comes down to UOB enlarging its presence in unsecured retail financing, namely okay. credit cards, which Citigroup does have a strength in. So the combination of Citigroup's businesses with UOBs, it is estimated to boost their growth to the trajectory by five years. So from a perspective of market share, this really does make sense. Bearing in mind that City decided to exit 13 markets last year because it couldn't achieve the scale it needed to compete in the regions, would there be any challenges for UOB in taking some of these markets in terms of scale moving forward? I think the UOB, the challenge for UOB comes from the perspective of aligning two different internal systems and mm-hmm. their different risk profiling practices. But once that's aligned, I think that the challenge of scale and distribution, it should be minimized with UOB's now larger reach compared to that of Citigroup's alone.
We're on the line this morning with Andrea Chung, who is Equity Research Analyst for CGSCIMB. We're talking about this huge M&A that UOB has gone themselves into. Quite interesting. Andrea, let's talk about UOB. Paying cash for the acquisition equal to the business net asset value as a deal completion plus a premium of $915 million, fully funded by the bank's access capital. Now, did you see any impact on dividend payouts? Will this acquisition they now have, do they have to manage it? UOB has reaffirmed that it will be keeping its dividend policy with a payout ratio of 50%. So with the acquisition being funded by its excess capital, we're not seeing any effects stress on the dividend payouts. Moving forward, let's talk about the financial impact of the acquisition on UOB and its capital position. Yep, there will be a one-time, one-time transaction cost to the tune of about $700 million that will be spread over 2022 and 2023. Although there will be some offset to this number as we eventually recognize more of that revenue that you mentioned earlier. In terms of capital, the impact on capital is manageable. We're looking at 70 basis points. On a pro forma basis, this brings its CT1 ratio down to 12.8%, which is still very robust. Okay, so we've talked about the financial impact. Let's talk a little bit about the risks. Uh, In your opinion, what kind of risks might come from this sort of merger? Mm -hmm. Some of the risks we're seeing is some customer attrition and possibly some cultural assimilation as these two businesses integrate. There's also that aspect of regulatory approvals in each of these four countries, Mm -hmm. although we don't see this as a major hurdle. I'd like to talk about it in the current context where we are seeing other banks in the news as well, some for all the wrong reasons, namely OCBC, uh, because of that phishing scam uh, that has plagued its customers. To what extent would you say UOB at this time actually stands to benefit from more market share locally because of such news? I think its larger presence already gives it an edge over peers. In the local market, it does not make any significant difference. It's really, you know, enlarging its regional franchise. All right, Andrea, then, you know, just adding on to all of that, uh, we have news this morning in the papers, MAS and ABS ordering banks to impose extra security measures in the next few weeks. Just generally, you know, does this mean more expenses, more look at compliance is going to happen down the road? Um, I do expect this to happen with, you know, with regulatory compliance increasing. Um, this has been a trend over the past few years. So I think going forward, you will see some uptick in those expenses, yes. What is your uh, business outlook for UOB this year? To what extent might they be affected by, say, macro issues like the slowdown in China, property cooling measures recently announced mm-hmm. in Singapore? Uh, I'm sure that this might have some ripple effect on its loan business. I mean, with UOB, its focus is really on ASEAN. So the gradual reopening and recovery of these markets, it will drive its growth forward versus the past two years. In terms of the cooling measures, the banks here, they have built up a pipeline on primary home sales over the past one year. And this will gradually be drawn down in the coming months. So at the moment, we're not seeing any significant or immediate immediate impacts from the cooling measures. But further down the line, I think you could see some pullback in terms of low growth. Uh, Andrew, just a final question for you. Singapore bank stocks have enjoyed a strong run-up so far this year, up on an average of 10%. Uh, you think it's too late to get on board now, especially for UOB? 
mm, we don't think it's too late. We do think that share prices still have a bit more room to run. What with the Fed rate hikes not coming in just yet. So until that comes in and with the margins expected to flow through from those hikes, uh, we think there is a bit more space. We've been speaking with Andrea Chung, Equity Research Analyst at CGSCIMB. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Andrea. You stay safe and take care, yeah? Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.